here we are back in our homes again now, the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. I've been working on that a lot. That Hi, it, thank you. I'm here with Adam Harsh and Caitlin Green. Caitlin is still pregnant. She's got yes. four weeks to go. And no, three. Three, three weeks to go. What is your app telling you of the size of your child? She's got an app that she opens up and every week it's been ridiculous things like bags of bugles, spaghetti squash, <laughs> uh, Care Bear. I still don't understand the Care Bear, which can be in various sizes. Yep. So what is it this week? Because you know I'm going to ask. This one is reminiscent of the Care Bear this week. It was, well, I have two apps. And one said it was the size of uh, a pound puppy. You know, those stuffed animals. Yeah. So one was a pound puppy and the other one said a canary melon. Never heard of a canary melon. I tried to imagine it's like a smaller yellow melon that I saw. So it reminds me of like a small spaghetti, like a smaller spaghetti squash. When I so go, I when I go bra shopping, I'm going to say, listen, I need something canary melonish. Uh, that's my size <laughs> for, for my pound puppies. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Are you, how are you feeling three weeks away? I mean, nervous. Um, I think you're like, it's very out of sight, out of mind because you have no like way of knowing when the baby's going to arrive. So I had someone who I'm friends with, um, ask me, she was like, remind me again, what your guest date is instead of your due date. And I was like, that's very accurate because only 5% of babies even show up on their due date. So I feel like you don't really think about it. I'm pretty good at not thinking about it. And there's also so much stuff to do that you're just like, you're caught up in all the prep. Adam, what do you think? I'm going to go March 1st. Ooh. Well, that's a good one. Well, you said March 5th, right? That's the actual due date? Yeah. I'm yeah. going I March 1st. Go, I want to go March 1st. I want to say March 5th because I'm April 5th. So I'm partial to fives you're, here. You're okay, well, what, what, what am I going to win? Um, <laughs> you can win. I'll send you a pound puppy and one canary melon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that. Listen, Canada is very known for its hearty... Um, sort of approach to winter. I think Canadians are known for that. Wouldn't you guys agree? Totally. A thousand percent. Like we yeah. have just come out of the, for all of you guys listening all over the world or whatever part of Canada or the United States you're in, Australia, it's available everywhere. Tahiti, you, you buggers. Um, <laughs> we just came out of like a minus 30 to minus 40 stretch here the last couple of weeks in Western Canada. It's been cold. So, we just had, in lieu of that, something that's been happening for the last 15, 16 years in Edmonton, Alberta, is called the World's Longest Hockey Game. And it's held to raise money for cancer, to, in the research to find a cure for cancer. And uh, this year, they went, they had the game. They didn't have any spectators because A, it's COVID. B, it's impossible to sit outside and watch a bunch of guys playing hockey. So yeah, they went for like nine days. The score was like 2,640 to 2,520. <laughs> but they raised, get this, $1.8 million. It's amazing. Fantastic. It's the perfect I mean, combination of Canadian spirit. It's like, it's freezing cold, it's hockey and it's charitable. I like it. Nine day long <laughs> hockey game that's a lot of periods yeah. and it's continual 
And they did break a world record mm. for the longest hockey game ever played. I didn't realize that they had broken a world record. I was imagining the other thing too, that I like to think about is that the, I, I have a lot of friends who play in like beer league hockey. So I know that it's probably like that level of hockey being played for nine days, which is great. Cause I've gone to like a couple of their games and it's just hysterical. <laughs> well, the spectators that did support them were able to drive by the rink and yeah. yell their go blue. Yeah. <laughs> Bad call, ref. Boo. Like, I don't know how that works. And, and then just speed of, away. Mm -hmm, and then they would speed away, which is how it should be. Uh, <laughs> hockey moms are the worst. I mean, I'm not even going to get into that conversation, but oh. I, I played hockey as a kid. And I'm just going to put this out here. Uh, one of the girls that played on our team, Karen, her mother, and I'm not kidding, her name was Karen. Um, <laughs> her mom was brutal in the stands. We were like 11, 12, 13 years old, girls. We literally, there was eight players that followed the puck around the ice. Anyway, keeping with the theme of cold, um, Texas is really having a really tough time. Oh, yeah. And for the first time in history of the United States, since they've been, you know, obviously taking stats on weather, 73% of the United States is covered in snow. And That's it, a lot. it's, 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 yeah, it's absolutely unheard of. I don't even know if Canada ever has those kinds of numbers. I mean, well, and I have a friend, I have lots, I have like a few friends that live in Austin and um, we finally checked in on them. Cause like we were hearing, my husband and I were hearing about the whole um, the situation in Texas and that they were having snowstorms and all that. But then, we were like, wow, it's really going on for a long time. Like the power outages and everything. One of our friends who lives in Austin, like just outside of Austin, he hasn't had power for a week. Like that's crazy. A oh, week? nearly a week, nearly oh a week. Gosh. Yeah. That's bad. Like it's yeah. It's terrible. Cause they've just had this, this, this unusual prolonged inclement weather and, um, and their power grid is uh, a, an unusual setup. It's unique in the United States. It's the only state that has its own self-contained kind of power grid. So, so, you know, Texans make enough power for themselves to, to, to use as a state ordinarily. And they also consume enough power that they don't, they don't need to sell it to other states either. Cause that's usually what happens. Like every other state is on like a, they have an arrangement with other states. So, you know, if this happens somewhere else, they would just be like, Oh, don't worry about it. We'll send you more from North Dakota or wherever it is. But in the, the, in Texas, it's like this closed loop. So when this went wrong, they couldn't exactly like turn to their neighbors and say, Hey, we're all set up for you to send us some until we get our own. Nope. Was it, was it Ted Cruz? Was it Ted Cruz that was really criticizing the California rolling blackouts? Uh, when that was sort of happening, he was just like, uh, you know, he was really coming down hard on them. Um, and I, I just feel bad for people in Texas. There's been 24 deaths up to this point. Like these poor people went out into their garage, into their running car to keep warm. Yeah. And we all oh, know no. the end of that story. Yeah. Oh, no. But, can't uh, do that. I, but uh, I have a, a uh, I know a girl. Her name was Kelly Pfizer. I went to high school with her and her, she married a, uh, a Texan guy and they've been down there for years. And um, I guess they've lived in their house 20 some odd years and it's the first time they've ever used their fireplace. So there's a lot of that going on. And she's just like, we didn't even know how to really light a fire. <laughs> yeah. 
but anyway, they, uh, I, I hope that they get a break and get some warmer weather. There's, listen, I've been without power, you know, many times out here in the country and I should get myself a generator. Like yeah. I've been, but they're like $13,000 for something big enough to like run my house. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you could, maybe you could, <laughs> maybe you could have it set up so that it only service like two rooms and get like a smaller well, one or something. I would be happy just to be in the kitchen by, you know, by the fridge and the television. I mean, those are your important <laughs> things, right? Yeah. I think like the, the tricky thing with, with Texas too, is that they, so they deregulated their power as well. I mean, which resulted in a lot of increased competition in their market. And so power prices, you know, energy prices there have been great, which they have historically loved. And people in Texas were really happy with, but you know, there is a, you know, the old saying of you get what you pay for. So when this happens now, you've got a lot, a lot of companies in the mix, super cheap energy prices. And with climate change coming at everybody in the world, fast and furious, as we just quoted with that stat on how much of the U S is currently under a blanket of snow. There's a lot of conversation right now about, um, you know, deregulating, re-regulating so that we can, so the government in the U.S. can kind of take this into account moving forward. Like what happens if your grid collapses, you know, because you're dealing with weather you never had to deal with before. There's so many things happening in the world that are pointing these really giant fingers, arrows <laughs> at what our weaknesses are, you know, whether it is long-term care units that we've talked about on the show, mm -hmm. homelessness, food insecurity, but things like this powers you huge. I mean, it has been for a long time. You know, I, there's 30 million people in Texas. So if that gives our listeners just an idea of, you know, there's what 38 million people in our giant country. In yeah. Canada. Exactly. Yep. So really they have an economy in Texas itself that rivals Canada um, they make so much oil in Texas. You know, that's long been, you know, when, do you remember seeing Dallas as a kid, the show Dallas? Oh, yeah, I love that show. About, about the big oil moguls, JR and... I love that show. Miss Kitty and all that stuff. Bobby Ewing, Miss Ellie. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I hope for them that things turn around because it is scary. There's three and a half million people still without power. And like I was saying, just being without power here, and you guys have been through that especially with kids, Adam, it's, it's tough. Well, remember oh. the big blackout? What was that? 2003? Yeah, um, that was, that started in Ohio too, I believe. That was the result of a, of a power failure that was in Ohio. And it's, um, it's like anything with like the pandemic, even I think you just have to, people have to stay flexible, you know, maybe deregulated uh, power worked for Texas for a long time. So there's no criticizing it really up until now. But it's like, the, you know, like with the pandemic, you have to be open to change. You, everyone's going to have to be a little more flexible on to, as to how they do things. And governments are just going to have to batten down the hatches a little more. And you see a lot of people, obviously, right now in Texas politicizing things. And it just doesn't serve anyone's purpose. You just like you have to say to yourself, look, it, it worked before. It probably isn't going to work moving forward. We really can't <laughs> have this happen again. And so oh. let's switch it up. Well, in, in on a bigger note... You know, on the broader kind of spectrum of this whole thing that's going on, it's it's snowing in Texas. Um, <laughs> we've got lots to talk about today. I'm serious. We've got so many things to talk about. Thanks for coming along on our ride, and we'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. Welcome back, Jan Arden Show. 
Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. So you got uh, on the break, we were talking about the big power outage in Ontario mm-hmm. in 2000, early 2000s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what did that look like? I, I remember that. I, and I think I was on the road and I think it actually affected our touring that particular day. Oh yeah, it would have. It was, it was crazy because it took out the entire Eastern seaboard all at once. And, Did they ever and figure out why, Caitlin? I thought it was a power an issue with a power plant near okay. Ohio. Like I thought it was very, like I did. I was or maybe, I could be wrong about the state, but it was basically like one 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 location messed it up for the entire power grid. So and, where were you? Uh, where were you guys? I was working at the time. Um, it was in the summer, and I was doing a summer job at the Toronto Star. And oh. so I was working in the photo research department, helping uh, reporters. <laughs> source photos for stories stuff like that so I'm in the library and then the power goes out in the whole building and you know they have some backup stuff but it's not the same so I'm like I'm gonna see what's going on like I'm in the center of news I'm gonna know what's happening here and I walk (laughs) into the newsroom and it is mayhem you know phones ringing people pointing at each other everyone running around with papers like just like you'd think in a movie and um, it's because you know this was close enough to 9-11 was still very fresh in our minds, like as it has been pretty well ever since, but, but certainly at this point. And so everyone's like thinking this is a, this is, could be a terrorist attack. Like a big oh, one. Yeah. yeah. We, every, we, we were all so on edge. Oh yeah. And, uh, and so my dad had to whisk down to one young street where, you know, I was and grab me and the, you know, there's no transit really, so to speak for, for that area of Toronto. So we're like picking up people on the gardener to try to take them if they're heading East. And you guys were and, picking people up in your car. Yeah. Cause you're like, cause they're stuck, oh, right. The people were stuck. And then, uh, you know, I remember going and again, I'm in university. So all my friends are home. And so what everyone did that night is what you do all the bars near my neighborhood uh, opened up and they started serving people drinks for cash. Of course they did. And the streetcars are stuck. The streetcars are stuck, but they're grounded. So the streetcars are all stuck on the street. So people managed to get a few streetcars open and everyone's sitting in these dead streetcars on Queen Street drinking. And I mean, it was pretty subdued when I think about it. Like, I don't remember anything getting trashed or ruined, but it was crazy. It was like, it was crazy. The thing that always strikes me about um, power outages is the quiet. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I really realize that my fridge is always humming. Uh, the, the noise of the furnace is kind of a constant in Canada. We have forced air furnaces. That's what we have here. So the furnace is kind of always going during the winter. And, um, but, but it's the silence. It's eerie, and, right? Yeah. And everyone, you know, suddenly looks at their cell phones. At least we, we certainly do now thinking, what's my battery? <laughs> what, <laughs> how much, how much time do I have left in the battery? And it's like, you seem everything seems okay. As long as you've got, 70%, 60%, 40%, you get to the twenties. And then the, the dire, you know, circumstances sort of set in because without your phone, then it really goes quiet. Yeah. Adam, where, where were you when this, when that happened? So by the way, it was August 14th, 2003 to be 
specific about the date. I'm just on the there Wikipedia. Uh, I was working in the Chum Radio building. Thank you, Brian Linehan. <laughs> I was wearing red pants and a, and, a, and a tweed jacket. I had eaten an egg salad sandwich and I was sitting in an oak chair looking out a window at a leak. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I remember exactly where I was. I was at the radio station because it happened in the afternoon and it was like mm-hmm. power went out and we didn't know what was going on. And I mean, the radio station was on backup generators. So we were up and running to not full capacity, but we were up and running, but there was nothing to do really. And everyone was, no one was panicked per se. And I remember uh, some friends, we went up the street, as you were saying, Caitlin, the bars and the restaurants were open. So we luckily had some cash on me and we went drinking on a patio. So the bars and the restaurants, but they had no light. They had no refrigeration. Like how does that even work? It was outdoors. It was, oh, yeah, this was afternoon. It was outdoors. Yeah, yeah. Afternoon. And it was in the summer. So we were on a patio. And then we, we went drinking and then, and then I'm like, well, how am I going to get home? Not, I had my car, but I, I, I could see the uh, buses going up Young Street, the TTC buses, and they were packed with people. I'm like, I am not, I'm not leaving. And then it was actually amazing. I spent the night at the radio station. I stayed over because I think I had to do the morning show the next day. So I didn't know how I was going to get home with no traffic lights or anything. So I just stayed at the station and people who were at the station, I remember, uh, oh, Caitlin, you weren't there yet, of course, um, were handing out water bottles in the front of the building and they put speakers outside so they could broadcast the news to the people walking up Young Street. It was amazing. I actually had a great night. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just things like that that really make you, once again, I'm going to hearken back to, you know, the pioneers that came up here, they never had any power ever, like in their whole lifetimes. Our, our, no. You know, a lot of our grandmothers and certainly our great grandparents, they didn't have any of that. I, I know my nephew used to say to me, Auntie Jan, what did they do? <laughs> like, they didn't have, like, didn't have Atari. No, they did not have Atari. <laughs> they didn't, they had books if they were lucky. Yeah. You know, uh, my grandma said she reread like a, a Jane Austen book about 14 times by the time she was 11 years old. She said, wow. It just, she said the pages were, every corner was so worn out from reading these books. Well, they had she, families of about 10 kids, so I know what else they were doing. <laughs> well, exactly. I think it was, it was down to that. Or they, they were working. They were working yeah. so hard. But I guess you don't miss what you don't have. Um, have you guys ever done any work from in your bed? Like, I know we're all working from home, but there's this really bizarre statistic that you're not going to believe it, how high it is. 72% of people working from home have worked from bed. I mean, I guess I, I have. Like, it, it, I think, actually... Right at the start of the lockdown, uh, I got really sick. And so, and I was still doing some emailing and stuff. So I think there was about two days where, I, and I wasn't COVID. People are probably like, wait a minute, that sounds bad. It was honestly just a regular cold. But um, I did do some work from bed. So I've worked from bed when I'm sick. I don't function well in bed. I, like, that's not for me. Like, I'm, work, Caitlin, doesn't happen over there. I just want to sit there and watch TV or stare at my phone. Well, according to a physical therapist, I don't know who this person Ooh. is. Um, that spoke with Real Simple Magazine, which is where this article first appeared about working from bed, um, is actually, I don't even get that. If you're susceptible to back pain, yeah, working from bed is a good idea. 
What? As long as you keep kind of changing positions. Oh, it's, it's better for your back. The worst thing you can do for your back and for your overall health is sitting in a desk chair for hours and hours at a time. I am going to completely disagree with whoever this physical therapist is. I can't think of anything worse than sitting in bed. Like I even have a chair that I'll read in. Like when I'm going to bed to read, I don't mind reading in bed, but I find that I don't have a, the best sleep. So I'll, I have, I've got a great couple of chairs in my bedroom and I'll sit and read in that until I'm like, okay, I need to go lie down. Yeah. They're probably imagining that you're sitting really, you're sitting in a very ergonomically incorrect desk chair and that you're sitting in a very ergonomically correct fashion when you're in bed, which I never am. You don't. I'm slumped over like Mr. Burns. Excellent. It's like, I, I can't, like, <laughs> you're never sitting correctly in bed. It's just not happening. As it is, if you live to be 80 years old, you will yeah. spend 26 and a half years in bed. Yes. And that's why I never understand people who have crappy 26 beds. and a half years. <laughs> you ever gone Sleeping. to someone's house and- like gotten like slept over at their house and realized how terrible their bed is and thought like, what is happening here? Like yeah. <laughs> I've gone to people's houses where they have a ton of money. Like this is not a financial decision and they have the least comfortable bed in the world. And I just want to yell at them. I'm going to tell you right now, and we are not sponsored by these people. This is just my own Andy E N D Y beds. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking fantastic. Oh, yeah. you have one? I, in my condo in Toronto, I have two. I have Ooh. one in my bedroom and one in the spare bedroom. I haven't been there for like 13 months, but I think the beds Aww. are still there. Um, Andy, Andy beds. And that's all I'm going to say. And if Andy wants to sponsor us, you know, it would behoove them to do that. You're listening to the Jan Arden show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Jan Arden show. I'm with Caitlin and Adam and here we go. Hey, I just, it's. I just wrote that on the spot. I like that one actually quite a bit. That was good. <laughs> it had a Copa Cabana vibe to it to me for some Thank reason. Thank you. All we need <laughs> yeah. is like a shaker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my grandparents slept on. I'm not kidding you. A freaking double bed. Oh. Um, the whole marriage. They were. They were together. I mean, it was my grandmother's second marriage. My mom's mom's second marriage. But they got married on Valentine's Day. Uh, he was 40. He was a 40-year-old virgin. No, Kelly Clarkson! And he married my gram, who was 45 or 46. She was a bit older than him. But they slept on a double bed. And so I live alone. I sleep in a California king. Oh, wow. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. Yes. In this A bed is important. And if you guys are listening to me right now and you think, oh, it's a lot of money to spend. It's not. 26 and a half years in a bed, folks. Like invest in a good bed. It'll change your life. Yeah. We have a king size bed. Do you have a king size, Caitlin? Have to. Had to do it. I would have a double king size bed if I could. I need space. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. That's a thing. Andy, create the double king size bed. (laughs) Build us an entire room that's just a bed, which is like, so like in my last place, we lived in a very small apartment, not very small. We had a, we had a, a decent sized apartment, but a small bedroom and the king size bed. I'm not even joking. Took up uh, more than two thirds of the bedroom. It's worth, space, it. worth 
every single penny. And like you said, amortized over the course of how long you're going to own it for. If you factor in the cost per hour slept, it's really not that bad. And you can get really soft, affordable sheets and bedding and everything. And I'm, I'm like you, like Jan, I'll go to someone's house. And uh, I think now I'm thinking of your grandparents, but I have friends where they are, you know, two people in a bed and then maybe a dog and a kid <laughs> intermittently and they're in a queen. And I'm like, what is uh, happening here? Nope, you nope. change this up. And again, like these are adults. They have, they have the money. This is not a means issue. And they have the space in the bedroom. This is not a space issue. They just seem to think, oh, queen's fine. I'm like, it categorically is not fine. It you is not are fine. Have, it, 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 you can't think to yourself that kings are for hotel stays only. Treat yourself to a king bed. I can't advocate for it enough. <laughs> when we moved my grandparents into, like it was assisted living, and this would have been, I'm going to say, early 90s. Mm -hmm. um, we couldn't, we just were like, you're not taking this bed. I'm taking that bed, that GD bed, my granddad. <laughs> I'm like, no, there's a groove oh. in the middle where you both like slide into the middle. They turned into like a burrito. They both just slid. <laughs> or you were clinging to the edge like a tipping canoe oh, to try and stay on your side. So I get that whole thing of sleeping at somebody's house in their guest bedroom. People really don't even go in there. And especially now this last year, people haven't had house oh, guests. Yeah. No. But those beds are always very, <laughs> anyway, spend some money on a bed. It is so worth your time. Um, Caitlin was saying Casper's a really good company. Literally, you think about, oh, my God, we have to strap it onto the top of the car. Bedding has changed. Buying beds yeah. has changed. A lot of these companies now, Andy, Casper, um, I'm trying to think of the other one that's out there too, um, probably very similar technologies, but they mm -hmm. come in a box and they roll out in your bedroom and mm -hmm. an hour later, they come, they form into their size. So you, you got to try them. They're great. I love them. I, I mean, we have still got the first generation Casper mattress, like the first one they ever rolled out in Canada. We still have this one. I love it so much. I, I honestly don't enjoy sleeping at other people's homes very much anymore because we've got such a good bed setup going. It's just, I can't think of a better way to spend money. Frankly, you spend so much time in bed. Why not just make it nice? And you also need good sheets. Have you guys, do you guys use a weighted blanket? I don't, I have a weighted blanket, but it's just for like afternoon leisurely watching TV or something. My weighted blanket is 30 pounds. I cannot oh, yeah. sleep oh. with it on. Yeah. I, I think mine, like I have one, we used to keep it on the couch. And then I don't know, one night I just decided to like sleep with it. I think mine's 25 pounds. So it's still pretty heavy duty. I can't sleep now without a weighted blanket. Well, yeah. you're screwed going to hotels. You're going to have to start dragging that 25-pound blanket around with you. <laughs> That's like me with a white noise machine. Like, we've, we're like, you know, we're like babies, essentially, my husband and I. We can't, we travel with a white noise machine or we get the app on our phone. I need it all the time. I love it. And I also don't know about you guys on temperature, but I love a freezing cold bedroom. Yes. Uh, I, my bedroom is 17 degrees. I turn it down. Great. It has been so nice with this cold weather because I literally just... It's it's so frosty in there. And I mean, I, I worry about Mitty, but she's got a little sh sweater on and she <laughs> sleeps under her bed. Like, she's okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I worry about, you know, meeting somebody who can't sleep in a cold room. I just, I think I'm doomed. I, I really do. 
I think it would be a deal breaker for me. It would be yeah. a real problem if I had, a, and somebody who wanted to sleep in a warmer room. And if they were like a long time cuddler, like they wanted <gasps> to be really close during sleep. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's so, you can't do it. Like no, it's, no. it seems like such a good idea to spoon. And I don't mind that for five, a uh, five, 1000 count. Seriously. Yeah, it's one thousand to one thousand. I try not to count out loud. Like when, <laughs> when you're with someone. And then I'm just like, you've got to be on your own side of the bed. I can't, I can't do it. Do not swing your leg over me. Don't yes. do it. I can't take the heat. Nope. Uh, especially as I got all you, <laughs> Adam. Nope. Don't touch me. Don't even touch me. <laughs> I want my own space. I want, I want like pillows as dividers. I want my own little cocoon. Don't touch so me. So let's, let's think about the concept of when you watch, you know, television from the fifties and sixties. You see the married couple, and I'm sure it had a lot to do with the networks being uh, a bit modest, but they were in their own beds. Right. I love that. They were in single beds, mind you, but going back to Adam's idea of having two California kings in the bedroom. Yeah. But I mean, people, and and a lot of people that I know now, and I'm not kidding you, and they're happily married, they sleep in different rooms. I've heard that. They have their own bedrooms. So this is something new to me that, I'm I'm not completely baffled by. I, I find a bit of it a little bit heartbreaking, but they're sleeping in separate rooms. Comments, I mean, I'll please. never I'll never knock something that works for somebody. You know, if they're a happily married couple and they're still experiencing a, a satisfactory level of physical intimacy for both of them, then you know, then that, I think that's fine. Like, hey, whatever works for you, because some people are nightmare snorers. Some people get up in the middle of the night, they have, they Mm. get the Jimmy legs going, they're sleepwalkers (laughs) or sleep talkers. And, you know, nothing will derail a relationship like a lack of sleep. So if, if that works for you, I think great. And I think of like, there was a transitional time where when my husband and I would travel together initially in our relationship for years, sometimes you get to a hotel room and they'd say, oh, we could, we could put you in a room right now, or you could wait to the end of the day. But the room we could put you in right now is like two queen beds instead of one king. And yeah. back in our just early dating, we'd be like, no, no, we have to sleep in a king okay. together. Then you get to a certain point where you look at each other and you're like, nah, the two queens is fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam yeah. put his fine. hand up when you said snoring. Are you a snorer, Adam? Oh, I snore like a freight train. Oh, I really so do. Yeah. do, do it, it, sometimes you can have sleep apnea with snoring. Like, have you looked into that? Uh, I, I probably should. Because sometimes in the morning, Risa, my wife, if I haven't mentioned yep. her name on the show, she's like, I heard you look like I thought you were going to die last night because you were wheezing and coughing and whatever. Like, maybe I should. But I don't wake up tired. Like I hear with sleep apnea, you wake up and you feel exhausted. No, I feel I don't. Hey, listen, I'm not worried about you. I, th- I think you're pretty fine. But, you know, your wife, it's <laughs> yeah, got to be yeah. difficult. My friend, her husband snores and she says, I just pray that I fall asleep before him. Because usually if I fall asleep, then we can survive it. She would be down for the separate bedrooms in a heartbeat. She's like, if you want to sleep in another room, go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame her. <laughs> Me neither. I don't blame her at all. Absolutely. I am a terrible snorer. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. I could never deal with that. Snoring is, is, is so tough. I saw, I went with well, the last time I was in airport, like 15 months ago, I, I saw this guy going through. He was like your age, Adam, which is like 40 ish with a CPAP machine that he had to carry on the plane. And it really made me think. Anyway, yes, our show today has got many topics. You're listening to Jan Arden Show. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. If you'd like to uh, just hit subscribe 
wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, you will be reminded each week that, you know, you have a new show ready to go. We have a new exciting show for you every week. And you can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on iTunes or wherever on a street corner uh, through somebody <laughs> else's car window that are also listening to the podcast, which is not always the easiest thing to do. Um, this is, we got to play this. I, I, I can't not get to this story. And Caitlin Green is so great about bringing in stories every week that are sometimes they're just like really funny on the verge of being heartbroken. So this, this guy, he's a comedian. This is so hilarious because his, his whole premise is this. If people talked about coats, like they were masks, give it a listen. Dude, it's like 30 degrees. Don't you want to put on a jacket? No, I'm not, not brainwashed by the coat industry. Thank you. The, the coat industry? Aren't you worried about getting hypothermia? You know what? If you look at the statistics for hypothermia, uh, most of those people were wearing coats. And so that, that's reason to not layer up when it's literally been snowing all day. I feel like if you did your own research, you'd sort of know this. The coat industry is like a billion dollar industry. It's all a scam. So want to get you to buy more coats. Because coats work. Okay, sheeple, do your own research on this and then we can have like an actual conversation about it. But what if you get sick? I mean, do I look sick? Kind of. Okay, you tell me that every single thing that he said wasn't true. So um, we, we, we could not find the man's name. I'm so sorry. Uh, there's three of us here at the Jan show, but we could not find the man's name. So if you know, please send us a, 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 a Twitter. The Jan Arden podcast is on Twitter. Um, but what, what do you think, Caitlin? Like, it's so accurate because like, you know, it's the, I love the line about, well, if you do your own research, oh, that's the, that's my, one of my biggest pet peeve sentences from the past year doing your own research. Like you've just managed to Google search and find something that all of science and medicine has, 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 could, hasn't yet discovered. Every scientist and doctor in the world hasn't found what you just found sitting at your laptop eating expired Halloween candy. Well, if, it's that, <laughs> if that's the case, you know, look up liposuction and you might want to do that at home with your husband and, and your vacuum flow. And I'm also like, what are you searching? You're searching for your facts on a device that's been provided for you by science, by the very people who you aren't listening to. So the, the mask thing drives me nuts. I love that comparison, especially because it's freezing here presently in Toronto. So it seems relatable. And, you know, it's just really, to me, it's not that big of a deal. I know that there was a, a conversation I watched between Joe Rogan. He's a, a very famous podcast yes, host. And yes, a, yes, yes. It was him and comedian Bill Burr. And they were talking <clears> about <throat> masks. And Joe Rogan basically... Um, said one of the reasons why he didn't like wearing masks or he had an issue with it at one point or another um, was because he just felt like it was a guy thing, right? Like some sort of like hyper macho man type thing. And that's why he wasn't wearing it, blah, blah, blah. Well, it, it, I look at it as completely the opposite where if somebody's like, I'm not going to wear one and they really are attached to it. I'm like, how weak willed are you that you can't take a very basic public safety recommendation, which isn't everyone's favorite thing to do, but whatever, um, and follow it for a, a small period of time where you're going to be around other people. If we had a plumber come into our home because we had a bunch of things break, we wouldn't have had him come in if it wasn't an emergency. So he came in this week and uh, I'm expecting. And so there's a lot of health concerns around that for both my husband and I, because we have yeah. to be in contact with the healthcare yes. system. And my husband went in to check on him in our guest bathroom and he had his mask pulled down. He was wearing it like a chin diaper. 
And he, he had to tell him like, what is your problem? He's like, my wife's pregnant, pull your mask up. And like, it's all you can do not to punch someone in the head when this happens. Cause you're just thinking how inconsiderate is of you that you're going to be here for probably less than an hour. And you couldn't even leave your mask on the whole time. Like that's so weak. I can't imagine it. Like, I just think of my grandfather fighting in world war two being like, give me a damn break. Like Everyone's grandparents are collectively saying, give me a break. I'm never going to understand the, the pushback with the masks. Um, oh. I, I just, I'm never going to really fully understand it. And, you know, even with, without a mask, well, go get yourself one of those shields. You know, that's something. It's not going to impede. Yeah. It's not going to impede. At least it'll, it'll um, keep the spittle or, or <clears throat> your moisture <laughs> or whatever, it will give people a little bit of a sense of security or that you've gone to the effort. Like, look, I can't wear the mask, but um, I've got the shield. My friend Donna, who plays Rhonda on the Jan show, she's literally, you know, my neighbor. And um, but she, she wears a, sh- uh, a shield. I took her for her medical test yesterday and I just drove her there. I had my mask on. And, uh, but Donna had her shield. She's like, is this okay? I said, of course, it's okay. It sort of came down and around her face, but it wasn't, but she's just like, I, I have, she has COPD. So it's just, you know, kind of hard to get a puff of air, but she's like, I would never, I just don't go into places. I don't want to make people nervous. So I love her care and concern. I yeah, love the fact I mean, that she's thinking about it and asking me, is, is it okay with my mask? Do you want me to sit in the back seat? Like, or, yeah. or shield, sorry. And I just thought, man, that says so much about a person's um, character. Exactly. And like, there are some people who can't wear the masks, you know, that's a, it's a, it is a small percentage of the population. Well, then you've got to get a friend to go get your groceries. You've got to get, you've got to order them online. You've got to do yeah. things, you know, don't stand. There was a, a story here a few weeks ago in Alberta of a woman, uh, she's been very outed since then, which I don't always completely agree with the mob mentality of the vitriol. I mean, because obviously these people, people are just snapping left, right, and center right now. But anyway, she there was a 17-year-old grocery clerk. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, and this woman was just berating her and holding her phone in her hand and filming the whole thing. And this kid kept her calm. Yeah. I actually reached out to her and sent her a little note. I'm just like, you did awesome. And you were just calm and you were kind and you were professional and you didn't resort to anything. You, you did awesome. I just, I just reached out to her a direct message on Twitter. But anyway, it's just like she didn't end up having any kind of medical anything. She just, of she just was being whatever it is that she was being. But uh, I don't mind wearing the mask. Boy, it's... Uh, it's pretty good with weather that's minus 31 to have a cloth mask over your face. My nose was warm. warm. My cheeks were yeah. warm. I'll um, admit to not really liking it. Like I probably fall into a category of person where like I notice it. My breathing is super labored because I have no space left for my lungs anymore because I'm so <laughs> pregnant. So yeah, I don't love it. And that's how I feel like saying to people, I'm like, do you think I love this? Like, I don't love it. It's, it, I forget about it sometimes. It fogs up my glasses. Like, it's irritating. And I'll give you that. But lots of things in life are irritating. And I think of your friend who obviously has breathing issues to begin with, and she's still making a conscious effort to try and, you know, create some sort of a barrier between her and the people around her. And she's adjusting her lifestyle, engaging other people's, um, you know, comfort level with her, her, with her shield. 
And you know, these are this is someone who has a, a like a comorbidity, and they're just trying to make their way in the world. And then you see people faking it for social media because they just want the outrage video. And that woman filming because she's the one who was filming and she started it. And the same woman who was like in a fabric land, like berating some <laughs> fabric land clerk. And they always take it out on the retail workers who have no choice but to be there. They're this captive audience. And uh, oh, nothing is worse. I get so ticked at those people. <laughs> well, we're down to the last minute of our show. Um, listen, everybody, we're going to get there. I think it's so important to remain optimistic and positive. Yeah, and I know too. it's been a long haul. I think we live, uh, you know, we live in a world where we want instant gratification and we wanted this over with six months ago. And, and that's not the way it works. I mean, people were dealing with the fallout from the first and second world war for six, seven, eight years. They had food rationing. They had, you know, all kinds of things that were going on. Even after wars ended, they, they had to live in a place where everything was just, they were just barely getting by. So let's just keep in mind that this is a generation that we're so used to having everything all at once and all our problems solved. Uh, try and be kind to each other, throw your damn mask on. And, uh, and if you can't wear it, at least, you know, wait in the car or wait outside or get someone to help you out doing your stuff. Call me. I'll go get your damn groceries. <laughs> I'll go get your groceries. And uh, 1-800-JAN. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It's been uh, great having you along once again. Uh, Adam Karsh, Caitlin Green. And next week, you'll have to tune in just to see what size Caitlin baby. Caitlin's baby is going to be on her app. <laughs> I'm <laughs> estimating it's going to be a toaster. A toaster Ugh. oven. Perfect. Anyways, look after yourself. Stay positive. We'll see you soon. Tune in. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.